The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. I'm gonna take a little walk. With the boogeyman. I'm scared. There's nothing to be scared of. Are you sure? How? I killed him. You can't kill the boogeyman. Get in there, come on, Tommy. Now lock the door! Now, that is a clip from uh, the movie from 1978, Halloween, and it's uh, the focus of this week's Inside Hollywood because it's the movie that made the career of Jamie Lee Curtis, a TV host and executive producer of Spotlight. Lisa Cannon is with me. Lisa, good morning. Good morning. We're eight months early for Halloween, uh, Pat, but actually, you know, isn't it wonderful to hear that Jamie Lee Curtis is finally nominated for her first Oscar at 64 years of age. Yeah, and show. she's made some terrific movies, but this was the one that really brought her to prominence and it gave birth to a whole series of similar movies. Absolutely. Speaking of which, 1978 is the year I was born. So it's a poignant year in the terms of horror and the horror genre because Jamie Lee Curtis was very unknown, a complete unknown really, other than her being the original Nepo baby, which we spoke about, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee being her parents. Um, and, and Jamie Lee was was kind of ciphered into this role off the back of a lot of her own TV roles, which was Columbo and the you know Nancy Drew novel, TV series like that or, uh, you know, the Hardy Boys. But nobody knew of her talent until she was cast in this very obscure John Carpenter movie, indie classic, of course, as we know now. But that's how it all started for her. This was a movie made for a dime. Made for a dime. I mean, she was only paid $8,000, but the the budget was absolutely tiny. 300000 uh, to make Halloween and actually almost 70 grand of that was on a very particular camera. I need to find my notes to get the exact name for it but it's like a, a Panavision Glide ca- it's called, I think it's called a Panaglide camera and it's really the one at the very end of the scenes where we see Mike Myers or the shape as they would call him uh, stalking and killing all the babysitters around. Yeah, so. This would be the predecessor of Steadicam which of course came came uh, years later. Absolutely. But they blew a huge amount of the budget on that leaving very little <laughs> for anything else. But this was a micro budget part. I mean you know to kick a budget of that tight into high gear is phenomenal. I mean, John Carpenter is an incredible uh, horror genre film director, but not only that, it was the team around him that he had. It was originally written by a wonderful lady called Deborah Hill who went on to do The Fisher King and many other fantastic movies. She's now passed on, sadly, but originally this movie was, you know, meant to be a distressing thriller, you know, the ultimate boogeyman movie, as you would say. But it was meant to be, you know, spine chilling with lots of horror and you know, blood, but actually it's a bloodless horror classic. I think more of a family comedy, really. Yeah. And, and it's all in your imagination rather than, I suppose, a bit like Hitchcock's um, stabbing scene in the shower. You don't see anything. You see blood going down the plug hole and you see the shadow of a knife, but you don't actually see the stabbing. No, it's like theatre. It's like theatre. So it's that idea of, you know, the theatre of the mind, which you can't see is scarier than what you can see. And I think the enthusiasm and obviously the backstory to Halloween and how it got made is absolutely outstanding. I mean, nobody really knows much about how it all came together, but ultimately it was just a whole rake, again, a bit like last week we spoke about the young filmmakers coming together to make Back to the Future. Here we have John Carpenter and his team right out of film school. He'd made some really dodgy uh, small movies, shorts called 
Hustle, The Dark Star, $60,000 budget and then he got a bit of recognition and then he made a Howard Hawks movie for $100,000 called The Siege. So no studio would touch him until he got the right people in place and Jamie Lee Curtis was actually one of the instigators to that. She loved being cast in the film. She played a blinder and um, she helped the crew immensely. Everybody has wonderful things to say about her. How many Halloween movies then uh, followed the first one? I think there's, is there, well we have Halloween 2, I know she was paid 100,000 for that, we have Halloween H20, 5 million. I think we had, we have (laughs) But there was one in every decade more or less. One in every decade, yes. So she's been in part of the franchise forever. I mean she is the horror movie maiden, isn't she? This breakout role of hers made her the scream queen of the 1970s. Um, Now she is awaiting perhaps her first Oscar, but she did get a a Grammy. That's right. She did get a Grammy. She has she has been incredibly um, ferocious when it comes to her career. She won in 2003 a Grammy nomination in the best spoken album for children's categories for her recording of the children's books she has written. And she's incredibly, I think, mercurial. I mean, you all remember. Let's let's. Some, talk about some strings to her bow. Her fitness. You know, she had fitness videos out in the 80s. Many people <laughs> don't remember. I remember them. And then, of course, she's kind of backtracked on that and said that, you know, fitness is all, all about how you feel on the inside rather yeah. than the outside. I, I mean, uh, th- you've done your research because you tell me that uh, in McCall's magazine in 1985 named her one of the 10 best bodies in America. That's right. Yes. she she She's extremely candid in how she speaks. You know, she's very raw. She's very... Um, I suppose intoxicating in how she comes across. I've interviewed her twice over here actually for for one of the Halloween movies in 2018. She's only back last year but she says it how it is. I mean there's a brilliant interview. You want to look it up online with Colin Farrell and she talks about um, you know becoming sober and how important that legacy was to her. Because she had a Vicodin addiction at one point which she even hid from her husband. That's right. Yes her husband is Christopher Guest and of course part of the Spinal Tap movies and she's been married for 38 years and she was sober from 1999 onwards and she talks to Colin our very young Colin about how stopping and being sober has been the generational issue that has been part of her family mm. that she's so proud of now. Now yeah, there's all sorts of little in-jokes um, if, you know the, the the whole business of Tony Curtis uh, taking off Cary Grant in Some Like It Hot and Cary Grant's birth name was Artie Leach and that was used by John Cleese before John Cleese's character in in A Fish Called Wanda. Do you remember that movie? <laughs> I, do. I, I thought do. it was brilliant. She was great in that. She was great. I mean, people remember her in Trading Places. She always accredits Dan Aykroyd as the best kisser, on-screen kisser she's ever had. But I think you know because of this Oscar nomination, she's been really brought to the fore. I mean, you can see obviously interviews with her in Variety and New York Times and everything. But she has said, and quote, that getting this Oscar at age sixty-four has never been in her wildest dreams box. She feels weepy and giddy about it. And obviously everybody knows this role that she is uh, taking on is from everything, everywhere all at once. So she talks about being a hustler. She's got talent of course, but she said it's all about hard work and boom. There you have it. You move on in life when it comes to movies. So there you have it. And and she got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 1998. Like we're talking 25 years ago. 25 years ago. So her star has been there for so long. She's been very much part of the Hollywood tapestry 
tapestry for so many years, but nobody really gave her the recognition that she deserved. I mean, we all loved her in Trading Places and she went on to do lots of other horrors after Halloween called The Fog, another one with John Carpenter, another one called Prom Night and Terror Train. But And although she is the Scream Queen, original Scream Queen, um, you know, Laurie Strode, of course, is that I think she now has taken a more serious tone to her work and she's looking at working with Nicole Kidman. That's her next big breakout project she wants to do with Amazon, actually. Um, she's going to be kind of, um, I suppose, t- t- taking Patricia Conwell's work. The, K- yeah. the, the So for a woman who said she was going to retire from acting in uh, 20 years ago, 2004, she's going nowhere. She's going nowhere. I mean, I've ever seen Christmas with the Cranks, one of the worst movies ever, Christmas movies, but she said she was <laughs> going to retire after that. Thank God she didn't pack because she is brilliant. Lisa Catlin, TV host, executive producer of Spotlight. Uh, thank you very much for uh, joining The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk. Joining us.